0: Welcome back to Not So Southern, gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. Episode 30 is upon us. Dude, 30 episodes. Absolutely. Let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I know you're (laughs) not watching this. I know, I know. But, uh, Ghost Rider. So, if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's corny, but it's so good. It's so good because they have... The new Ghost Rider, which is Robbie Reyes, the uh, Ghost Rider driving, you know, Fast and the Furious car. Uh, Johnny Blaze showed up, and it was it was great. They what? teased it. They teased it last episode. I'm just I'm just going to talk about it. I don't care. Go they teased it. last yeah. episode. They had some clues whenever they showed the dark hold and how they found it. They had the Circus of Crime, and they had some backstory. Elements on the walls and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, cool! They're they're alluding to Johnny Blaze, you know, that's kind of cool. But then, when it shows the origin, Robbie and his brother and Sky or Daisy are all uh, hiding from hiding from the new director of Shield. They talk about what happened the night he got his powers, and uh, so there was a wreck. They get shot, the car flips. Brother says, you know, and I I thought you were dead. And he's like, that's the thing, I was dead. He's like, what do you remember? He's like, oh, some guy showed up and and pulled me out and came over to you and made sure you were okay. He's like, well, that's not really what happened. Like The guy pulled up on a motorcycle, of course, and gets out, pulls his brother out of the burning car, and then walks over to him. And it is the Ghost Rider. It is the Ghost Rider. It is Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, already flamed up, leathers leathers on, that and everything That is awesome. And and touches him and imbues him with the spirit of vengeance. Now, that's all that's shown in the flashback. It doesn't show if if it was Johnny Blaze, if if the uh, spirit of vengeance or Zarathos was changed or wh- whatever's going on. They diverged from the origin of the current Ghost Rider in the comics. And I, I was all for that, because I, I was just screaming at the TV, It's Johnny Blaze! It's great! So, uh, and it was done really well. I mean, it didn't look cheesy. It looked, and I, I hate to tell you this, but it kind of looked like the Nick
1: Cage Ghost Rider. That's the thing. Okay. Uh, if you're going to tackle Ghost Rider and you bring up Nick Cage, the Nick Cage Ghost Rider did not look bad. No, that I will argue that that second movie,
0: if you if somebody were to edit that and take out every Johnny Blaze scene, that would be an amazing movie. The Ghost Rider and the way they filmed it and the stuff they did with him in that movie are are my cup of tea. I loved every minute the Ghost Rider was on screen in that movie. I mean, don't get me wrong; it had Idris Elba. The directors of uh, Crank were the ones that did it. Uh, the Ghost Rider looked amazing. I don't like they didn't have Peter Fonda back as Mephisto, but the guy they did was okay. The movie was okay uh, because it, it offset. The Ghost Rider was amazing. The, the Him driving the gigantic uh, Earth Mover and it flaming <laughs> yes. on was, I mean, one of the best things I've seen at the movie theater relating to comic books. Um, and, of course, having Nick Cage... Nick Cage has love for the Ghost Rider. He's a comic book fan like us, but he's an actor.
1: Right. I mean, you, you I, I cannot hey, begrudge him
0: doing. I can't begrudge him uh, doing this and, and wanting to be. He's not my version of of Johnny Blaze, but you know, he's a guy who loves it. He put his heart into it. I can respect that. And I, I'm assuming you're going into where his name
1: comes from. Well, well, I was just gonna say, you know what his son's name is, right? Nick Cage's son. Uh, isn't it uh, uh, Superman? It's L. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you know him.
0: where his name is from. Correct. His true name is Nick Coppola. Uh
1: right.
0: and he changed his name because he didn't want he wanted to get get on uh, get into movies on his own. He didn't want to live right. off of his uh, uncle. I believe his uncle is Francis Ford Coppola. I, I'm not sure the relation. I know he's I so. related, but he changed his name to Cage because of Luke Cage. That's awesome.
1: That is awesome.
0: Yeah, it did not. It did not lead into Doctor Strange, which I, I will get to. But it was very mystical. It he did do a couple of things that were uh, quite good. Uh, the episode was really good. I'm really into this season of Agents of Shield. So, with that said, I saw Doctor Strange in IMAX in 3D.
1: I'm jealous. I have not. I just have not had time or the ability to go see it. Uh, there, There is a slight chance maybe tomorrow could allow me to step out of the house for a couple hours, so can, can you give me, give me a taste? Give me a spoiler-free taste of how awesome it is, man.
0: I've got a spoiler-free review on Facebook. I will talk about it a little more here. The movie opens with a battle in a library, a head rolls, some pages are stolen of something, uh, somebody comes to stop, stop them. There's an amazing the 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 battles with magic in this movie are amazing, are, are absolutely okay. amazing. So, the the visuals in this movie, if you've seen the trailers, there's a little taste of what's going on there. I saw this in IMAX 3D. I do not get carsick. I do not get airsick. But there were moments
1: I had to take the glasses
0: off and look around and go, "Whoa, whoa! This is a crazy."
1: Now, now, now let me let me inject here. You are not a fan of 3D, but when you texted me or, or called me, one of the two, I can't remember which, you said, "See this in 3D." You you are saying if we see this, see it in 3D because this one actually does it right. Well,
0: like I've. Yeah, like I did state in my in my review, I'm I'm not a fan of 3D at all. It was a gimmick built in to uh, to hike hike up all the movie ticket prices, and and it worked. But if I I have enjoyed 3D, don't get me wrong. I've seen now I've seen three movies I've enjoyed in 3D. One was Avatar, which was of course the reason we have 3D now. Right. Uh, two was the original Thor. Which was really impressive in 3D. They uh, specifically the the last battle scene where Loki um, Loki freezes the staff inside of the um, the Rainbow Bridge, mm-hmm. like all these ice particle things start shooting off, conducting the electricity, and uh, that looked really impressive. That's what I remember about that, and it was really impressive. This movie took 3D. If every movie was in 3D, looked like this. I would be a fan of 3D. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, it's funny
1: that I've only seen like two or three movies in 3D. Um, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy in 3D, and uh, the original Avengers in 3D, and uh, I've seen Man of Steel in 3D.
0: The real world battles, which are, the the quote-unquote real world battles, are really impressive. And then the other dimension battle cuz there's a few dimensions in this it's not just you know oh there's a big set piece at the end there's there's different dimensions all through the movie it's awesome all of it looked really, really impressive. I mean, there's there's stuff... I don't know how people thought to design this the way they designed it. Because it is just mind-blowing. Especially the last battle. But let me, let me back the truck up and, and let's go through the movie. Um, after the opening battle, we get into the origin of Doctor Strange. Of course, Doctor Strange being the world's premier uh, neurosurgeon at the time. He's, he's very about himself kind of a dickish guy yeah but he's there uh, Rachel McAdams plays his, his uh, former love interest they used to go out and and that's explicitly stated in in this but they kind of take a different approach with it. He's not acting like a total you know bad guy but the way she reacts the way she talks to him the way you kind of see it through her eyes how he is and i thought it was really impressive you know and that that's just a character note there but of course an accident happens and pay attention to why the accident happens that's all i'll say about it okay uh, he's he's looking at some things that relate to the future of marvel so just pay okay. attention what's going on um accident I happens going to
1: say he's texting and driving
0: <laughs> well kind of um but he uh, once once the accident happens of course, he loses the ability to be a, a neurosurgeon because his, his, he has nerve damage in his hands. So he goes on and, and, and tries to find a cure through modern medicine and that kind of thing. And kind of is at the end of his wits. And then he learns of somebody who who actually uh, kind of recovered from his kind of damage. And he finds this person and, and he puts him in a certain direction. And of course, he ends up finding this place in quote-unquote Tibet, not Tibet. And you get introduced to the Ancient One and and Baron Mordo. There's a couple places in the movie where the story goes where you don't expect it to go. Their meeting is one of them. Another one is toward the end of the movie. And I just really like how they kept me on my toes, surprising me with things where it could be really trite. And and you've seen this story before. They do things differently at points. And I really do respect that. It it was refreshing. That's
1: awesome.
0: And, of course, he's very quick learner once they get into the magic and the spells and the semantics of what he's doing they they tell you that story without telling you too much it's not really in depth but it's not skimmed over it 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 feels like just the right amount of story in his learning in his adeptness uh, in his skill there's a couple of um He gives exposition of why he's so good about you know uh, what's going on, and I think Mordo responds like, "Well, it's not just that. I mean, nobody is this good at what you're doing." Because he he ends up um, he ends up using an artifact very quickly, and it surprises everybody there. And I I won't I won't speak to the nature of the artifact because that's that's a little bit of the movie, but. Anyway, once this happens, and once everything gets going, and once you, uh, your bad guy comes into play, who seems, once again, seems kind of trite at first, very gone uh, talky just somebody there for the good guy to bounce off of, then you kind of get a little of his mentality of what's going on. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, okay, that, that's that seems reasonable. And then, once you get to the end of the movie, I don't want to spoil anything. but the, well,
1: so, so, more or less, Marvel hit another one out of the park.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The end of the movie I really loved because of a couple things they did. The big end set piece works completely different than you'd think. And I was just smiling the entire time because it's what you would get, but... Completely turned on its head, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And how the movie was resolved, I loved it. Walked out of the theater smiling. There, of course, Marvel movie guys, mid-credit scene, post-credit scene. The mid-credit scene is absolutely great. Uh, smiling at that. Post-credit scene, pretty good. Sets up, you know, Doctor Strange 2. Make sure not to miss it. Watch yeah. this movie. Do not wait for video. Do not wait for. Second, third week, you know, it, it, unless you just can't get out there. Go see this movie, the theater. If you've got the time, go see it in 3D. I'm going to recommend you go see it in 3D first.
1: Wow. You can watch
0: it all you want to at home on, on the regular screen. Watch it in 3D.
1: That's awesome, man. I, I'm just excited. I am totally pumped for this movie. Like, like I've stated, you know, I, I really thought this one had the chance of being another just incredible introduction solo story by marvel and uh you know i talked to you last night about marvel solo introduction films where this one ranks and we we didn't i don't know if we actually finished the topic if you had to rank them right now even with it being fresh on your mind you know you you have thor you have cat you have iron man you have doctor strange incredible hulk where are you ranking this one in the solo stories?
0: Probably third. It's going to be Captain America. No, it's going to be Iron Man, Captain America, Doctor Strange.
1: That's awesome, man. Hey, to, that That's really incredible because I thought Thor was going to be a very tough one to tackle, and I thought they they nailed that one. So for it to jump something like Thor it, it's just really awesome, and I, I cannot wait to see this movie. I, I really hope time allows me to make it out there and get it done well now don't
0: get don't get me wrong the movie of course it is not perfect there are a couple of places where it doesn't drop it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a misstep or a missed beat. but um, the comedy the comedy in a couple of places seems weird to me <laughs>
1: But, but you thought the, the comedy in the, the last trailer was off, and I thought it was hilarious. So. Well, that,
0: that scene actually worked in the movie, the, where Doctor, Mr., that, that thing actually played better in the theater than I thought it would, and that, that really worked for me. There's, awesome. a, there's a couple other things like that. Oh, and I also did read an article uh, today that specifically mentioned uh, why Scott Dickerson got the job. As director for the movie, and I totally see that. But you'll you'll just need to watch it. I'm done with my review, so watch this movie. Watch it in 3D. As soon as you can, post a reply. Let's talk about it. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. We've got some local news, Walking Dead related. Our local paper, which we already talked about, posted an uh, obituary for Glenn and... It, it made it nationwide. I mean, yeah, like it awesome. got picked up. The story got picked up nationally. That uh, our our local paper had an obituary for Glenn in it, and I, I thought that was really good. I've been seeing it in a lot of places. Uh, we were the for one of the first ones to uh, tweet that out to that day. So, um, and not to say we're tooting our own horn here, but hey, we were there. So
1: that's right. Can we just say for the first time in a hundred and eight years? The Cubs are World Series champions. I mean, that's wow. 108 years, go Cubs. Congrats to their fans. I, I'm, I watched the game. It was awesome. I've never seen a better Game 7 of any sporting event in a long time that was that good. Um, I'm not even a huge baseball fan. I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm not a Cleveland Indians fan. And that game, my, my pulse was going, man. I was like... Who is gonna win this game? This is amazing. I think I sat up till close to midnight watching that game. And congrats, Cubs fans. I know uh, a few of our listeners are Cubs fans, so congrats to y'all. Well, now let me let me get this straight because I didn't I didn't watch any of it. I, I only watch baseball if
0: it's the Mets. So I mean that that's just me. But the way I understand this is Cubs down. It was three games to one. Cubs come back three games. Playing game seven, uh, they're down. They let them come back. Rain delay. It's a tied game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tenth, tenth inning starts. Whew. That's, that's that yes. sounds like I've heard so many people describe how that game was, and they said it was amazing.
1: Oh man, it was it was seriously one of uh, the most exciting things I've watched in a long time you know you know me i'm, I'm a sports guy I, I like watching just about anything sports you know if, if there's nothing on and there's sports on i don't care what two teams are playing i'll watch it i'm kind of that weird mix of i will watch sports and i am a true nerd at the same time so i don't know i straddle the fence on a lot of that and just congrats to the cubs fans Absolutely.
0: Moving on to uh, back to comic book news, uh, man. Everybody that we know of is going to be in Defenders. They've already announced that all the side characters are going to be in the Defenders yep. show. Of course, they they did announce with this latch batch that uh, Stick was going to be in there, and I could have sworn he's already provided new audio <laughs>
1: for for being in Defenders. So we we did. We got audio of Stick at the comic-con trailer yeah and so the only true new one that we know of is trish right
0: yeah patsy walker hellcat yeah yes which i'm That's awesome excited to see um we also got a couple other items big hero six which we've been waiting for a second movie to be announced they're actually doing a series everybody's coming back and this is what i told my son and he's like oh wait great i can't wait for to hear fred again and i was like oh well, TJ Miller's not coming back, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the uh, uh, Fred and and the guy Wasabi Wayne's Junior. are not coming back to voice the uh, characters in the show, but everybody else is. So I'm happy to hear that. That movie is great. It's been on rotation in my house the past couple of days, that's and awesome. I, and I watched it a couple of times. That movie is really really good. You you got to remember that's one of the that was the biggest animated movie
1: of 2015 and and I still haven't seen it. Oh my god, what are you doing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, moving on to a movie that neither of
0: us seen, there was a new Wonder Woman trailer that came out. I thought it was great. I am ready to see Wonder Woman.
1: I am I am very ready to see Wonder Woman. I am hoping we are not fooled by the trailer again is it bad that i go into i can watch a marvel trailer and i'm like that's amazing and i can watch a dc trailer and i can say that's amazing you know and i'm so apprehensive to just jump in and say i love this movie we all need to get out there and see this movie you know this trailer looks incredible but I just feel apprehensive I'm watching that trailer and I'm like "Mm." Hmm Is this all just replay footage Of the first trailer That we got How Are we seeing anything new I'm like going through and I'm trying to pick it apart Trying to figure out what's new From this From the uh, New York City Comic Con trailer That we got I don't know I, I feel bad that I even have to say that But I am
0: apprehensive DC has that track record, you know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. Now Suicide Squad w- gave us a, a good bill of sale. I mean, I saw it, I enjoyed it. It it matched my expectation. There yeah. wasn't it. There wasn't. So they oversold the Joker a little. I'll give them that. But Suicide Squad kind of turned me around on DC. I, 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 will I think say that. that, and and the Wonder Woman trailers keep looking better and better. Um, that's not to say that we haven't had any weird Batman news lately. We we decided we're going to go ahead and skip all the rumor stuff that's come out the past couple of days about Batman. And uh, that's just an article about somebody talking about somebody over overhearing somebody talking about how Batman is going. Not really news. It's just, you know, talking heads. So that's yes. that's not really important to us. We we want the proof
1: that's in the pudding. Well, so, Wonder Woman looks good. And I cannot wait to see what it's like. I cannot wait... <laughs> It just looks good. It's got Chris Pine in it, you know. So let's see what Captain Kirk can do. Yeah. And now, speaking
0: of which, you still haven't seen the newest Star Trek either, correct? And I have it, not it just seen came out Beyond. on video.
1: I'm yeah. sorry, I haven't seen Beyond yet either.
0: Uh, that one. That one was really good. And, and I broke the mold, folks. I enjoyed all three of the new Star Trek movies. So take that for whatever you will. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Star Trek and a a constant theme in there. I wanted to hit this talking point: uh, How does time travel in movies and uh, pop culture? How does that land on you?
1: Okay, what are we? I mean, are we saying the differences between you know the Flash going back in time and stopping his mother's death, as opposed to Marty McFly going to the future and stopping his kids from being a dick?
0: Right. Well, I mean, there's. I'm talking about all of it. A lot of people. Everybody wants to be binary. There are people that don't care and people that care too much about time travel in sci fi and other stories. You know, and it's easy to get hung up if. You know how time travel works. Supposedly, you've got an idea of which time travel you like the best. Does does Back to the Future time travel work for you? Okay, or does it have to be, you know, exact Star Trek mirror universe, uh, parallel realities? Uh, Lost is completely screwed. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I've always been I- I'm okay on it. I mean, but a lot of people just don't don't pay that much attention to it and then don't like things that confuse them easily because they haven't paid attention to it. And I think that was a lot of, like, the Lost problem where everybody thought... Uh, first, they had time travel in Lost at, at a point where the wheel and the bomb and that kind of thing go off. And Hurley's like, if I die, I can't die here because I haven't been born yet. <laughs> and, you know, they right. have a little explanation about that. But... um. You you see it in movies like uh, Back to the Future, where uh, there's an alternate timeline, and they go back and change something, and somebody's still here where they would have been in a different timeline. And you know there there's a bunch of stuff you could pick apart about it, or there are other things that show this is exactly how it would be, and we got to stick to these rules, and we can't go fast and loose. It's got to be 100 percent accurate.
1: Right. I've always kind of
0: well, went with the flow, but I mean I like. I want it to be consistent in the media I'm watching. Like, I don't want to watch Star Trek, them go back and do something. And, and here's a specific example. I know a couple of people that get burned up about, specifically, the new J.J. J. Abrams movies because they think okay. all of old Star Trek does not exist. And I don't know if it's worth arguing, trying to explain to somebody who doesn't care. No, I mean, Spock... From the original timeline was further in the timeline than you've ever seen after Voyager uh, and came back into the past with the red matter and the ship and changed it at that point, created an alternate timeline, which is now the movie series. You're watching an alternate timeline, though the original series still exists, still has a timeline. Discovery takes place in that timeline and not in the new movie timeline. You know, uh, right? How, well, do you, how do you get that across to somebody who probably doesn't really care that much? I don't know. But, I mean, I could keep up with it just fine. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I mean, mean, I assume everybody is just as intelligent or more than I am.
1: If you want to talk about fun time travel, you can always talk about Dragon Ball Z yeah. and future Trunks coming back to stop. The androids.
0: Well, I mean, even in that, I mean, that's the same thing. Uh, current Dragon Ball Z timeline is a divergent timeline from the original. The original timeline is Future Trunks timeline. Because right. he Everybody's came back dead. and changed... Yes, exactly. That is the prime Dragon Ball Z timeline. hmm And he created an alternate timeline, coming back and saving Goku, giving him the heart medicine or whatever. And right. then you know he returns to his future and kills the androids. But anyway, um, I, I, I like Star Trek. I'll, I like watching Star Trek. I don't want them to change their view on on time travel. They've always done it well. They've done it. You know they're rigid with time travel. There, some people yeah. will argue that the there's an episode where I don't know. Have you have you seen the episode where the Enterprise like see Comes and like Lieutenant L- Yar is still alive. Do you know what I'm
1: talking about? Oh, uh, I believe I've seen what you're talking about. I can't think of what the the storyline is that, but I remember when they seen uh, Tasha again, you know, and she was still alive.
0: Yeah, there was a, there was an episode where um, the Enterprise encountered a time variance or something like that.
1: It was like and, a rift, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, and then in, in this rift, the Enterprise. C. I may have the wrong Enterprise. But the Enterprise-C came back through, which changed history temporarily. Because in mm. originally, Enterprise-C was destroyed in the Battle of Kittimer, I think? Defending a Klingon outpost, which, caught, which went very far with relations to the Klingons. Well, when it disappeared, it caused an alternate timeline that from... Like you stick with this perspective of Captain Picard, okay, and the moment that happens, the timeline shifts over to what that timeline is if the C never came back, and they're in a they're been in a years long war with the Klingons, and the the Federation isn't doing well. They're they're on the verge of conceding the war and and losing to the Klingons, and they discover that. Uh, Yar was supposed to die because of Guinan. Guinan is time sensitive; she can tell the changes in the timeline. It's not supposed to be this way. There's something wrong. Uh, That Tasha's supposed to be dead, so they convince him to go back through the timeline, and everything reverts back. Now that they kind of fudge that one because it makes it feel like that timeline was wiped out, which wouldn't actually be to their own rules. They would have that timeline would have continued just with parallel people. I mean, everybody would right. be parallel versions of themselves. But, I mean, you could kind of see it. It just kept on the perspective of, of of the how things changed. So, I mean, I'm fine with that. And plus, oh. it led to some cool stuff later on where uh, the daughter of Tasha Yar actually showed up again. It was the same actress, of course. But it was like, whenever she went back, she was captured and... Uh, uh, Fell in love and had a daughter, and blah blah blah.
1: That's crazy,
0: but I mean, I, I like that because it, it gives it mythology. But then you have the back of the future where they just stuff is just carried between timelines. Uh, you have like X Men, favorite X Men story, of course, Days of Future Past, which is an alternate timeline. And the Marvel Universe is just filled with alternate timelines. Uh, they even right. have so much that they've named them, cataloged them, wiped them out, brought them back. <laughs> You know, what ifs have become part of the story. Just like I wanted to mention that last week when you were talking about uh, Spider Gwen, and you you hit the nail on the head. It's like a what if, and and that's what it. What I think they did is when they created that, they're like, "What if we did a what if story?" But it carried over into the main six one six timeline, and I, I really like that approach. If you've got a good story, telling it that way, I, I
1: don't I don't care. Uh, right. Just give me a good story. I, I don't have any problems with the way time travel is done in most movies. Like you've said, Star Trek has some very strict rules. And, and as you said that, I've tried to think about, you know, time travel movies, which ones are the best that tackle the subject the best. And, and Star Trek is probably number one. Terminator probably tried to stick with it the best. And I believe they failed on several issues. Like, I don't know. Terminator time travel is here and there, especially with the more more recent stuff. It it just they were like, hey, we're off the hinges. Uh, who cares? Let's just keep seeing how far we can go.
0: Well, I mean, even I mean, even in the framework they built, uh, Terminator kind of works. I mean, they imply that. Uh, there's another series that recently did this. That time wants to happen, wants to unfold the way. Like time is a river; you throw a, a rock in it, you know, changes very little. You know, t- it's still going to flow the right way. It has right. to be like a landslide or something to change the flow of time, right? You know, differently. But I mean, even even in that context, you know, uh, the the argument is that end of the world wants to happen. And it's a little harder to get that point across because you're not you're actually moving outside the bounds of physics and stuff like that, trying to describe it. And then you're just bogged down in in, in minutiae about it. And I don't think you can tell a great story that way. but I, I just love time travel stuff. I love things that I have to figure out. so right. Time travel and, is and, always going to be a great thing in in sci-fi.
1: Any? And let's just say the one of the best, One of the best time travel things ever was Fry is his own grandfather.
0: (laughs) Speaking of time, we have a new segment that uh, Mr. Sean wanted to interject into our uh, uh, podcast here, and I really like it. Um,
1: Lost in Time. Lost in Time. I like the title you came up with, Lost in Time. And this is where we go back and we think of not the most collectible, not the most stuff you remember on a daily basis from our age group growing up but stuff that you loved and each week we're going to try to tackle a cartoon and a toy line that we each really loved that may not be on everybody's memory and find some good gems from our growing up days that we may have forgot about and what, what are you going to lead us off with this week do you want toy or cartoon first Let, let's hit the cartoon first
0: well, my cartoon this week is Brave Star. Now, I, I put a little uh, teaser uh, to this on the last episode. I, yes. I, I had the intro up there. Brave Star was something I really liked. I didn't see all of it because I came in on the tail end of it, but the opening was great. The idea is that there's a planet called New Texas. It's the basically it's a it's a western. It's the old west, but. Right. Really sci-fi techno, kind of like if Mad Max was done in Old West style.
1: Oh man! Yes. And you um, can see that.
0: There are of course outlaws that are raiding towns. There's uh, they they've discovered they've traveled the stars so they can mine different stuff. Uh, these outlaws have come to this to the planets, not just the towns, and they have a uh, marshal, Brave Star, who is a Native American sheriff who has powers of he could call upon the spirit of. A bear, uh cheetah, puma. puma, wolf.
1: Or is it eagle? Hawk or eagle? One of the two.
0: But anyway, he, he could call upon those sacred uh, animals and use powers. And of course, he has a sidekick, which is also his horse. Anthropomorphic bionic horse named 3030. That's <laughs> um, awesome. Of course, it's an 80s cartoon. Not the best writing in the world. But I really did like this one. This one stuck with me. Oh yeah, Um, Because of those ideas and, you know, a Native American as the person in power at that time was, you know, really interesting to me. Um, You know, I have family that's that's got Native American blood. I'm not going to say they're Indian, but I mean. Right. They the story of the Native American people was always of interest to me. And to see it put on screen that way was, I thought, really great as a kid, of course. You, yeah. you brought up the point that it probably couldn't be made today but i i think i i think somebody could take this and make this a great thing for Native American culture um of course me being on the outside of that I, I don't know but I would love to see this come to the big screen or or you know modernized
1: oh that would be incredible man and, and I loved brave star i told you before the show started that uh you know, I wasn't able to catch that many episodes of Brave Star. I remember, I would get to watch it early, early in the mornings if I woke up super early for school. Brave Star would come on before the Hanna-Barbera Great Race, so I only caught a few episodes. I but I remember, just every episode was awesome and. I loved that freaking intro, man. That song that you did as the outro last week, I loved it. I was like, when you played that, I was like, oh, he's playing Bravestar. I I just sucked it up, man. It was awesome. It was great. I I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I wish could get done today that can't be done today because the way things are in the world today. Right, and
0: and just like uh, Doctor Strange, you know, there was a lot of difficult things about Doctor Strange to bring to the modern era. But they did it, and they did it well. Uh, I I think somebody could do the same thing with Bravestar.
1: I I totally agree and hope so. Now, if I can go to my cartoon, totally craziness uh, made from a movie, uh, I'm going with... Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Funny
0: enough, just like last week when we talked about uh, your one from last week, Beetlejuice, which is adapted from not a kid-friendly movie.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. This is not a kid-friendly movie that was made into a cartoon. And I love... See, the reason I love the cartoon is because I think I had already seen the movie by this time. And I just thought it was so awesome. I loved the fact that there were friendly tomatoes. This isn't even in the Have You Seen It? But if you haven't seen Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, you you need to see it. It is great B-movie Now, are you
0: sure it's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or is it Return of the Killer Tomatoes? Because Return of the Killer Tomatoes is the one that starred... George Clooney, his first role, was the sequel to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes.
1: Yes. Dude, I have them both on uh, DVD. I have Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Return of the Killer Tomatoes on DVD. Nice. I bought them in a box set. But this is about the cartoon. I love the cartoon. I remember there was a tomato. I cannot think of his name. He was furry. Kind of gross if you think about it. But he was, like, super friendly. He was, like, the pet tomato that went around around everywhere with the kids that were in the adventure itself i I loved attack of the killer tomatoes do you know this thing only lasted one season probably not too surprising that a cartoon about attack of the killer tomatoes only lasted one season but who cares i loved it you should check it out 1990 i believe attack Mm -hmm. of the killer tomatoes cartoon what toy do you have my toy line
0: is Black Star. Did you ever I, have any Black Star? or do you remember? Now, this did
1: have I, a cartoon series this is this is maybe something new to me. I do not remember Black Star. Maybe I'd need to. Look up a picture or something, and I would remember. But right now, Black Star doesn't ring any bells. So I never watched Black Star as a cartoon, so I'm just going
0: with the toy. Uh, black Star, John Black Star was basically Buck Rogers. He was okay. a he was a uh, astronaut from our planet who flew through a uh, black hole, quote unquote black hole, and crashed on it on a new planet that. Uh, where everybody was basically like He-Man, so it, it was a oh, it was a Buck Rogers meets He-Man kind of cartoon. The toys were like that. Uh, the toy I had was a neon yellow greenish lion guy, and these they come with. So the thing was, they were kind of He-Man looking characters, okay. but they came with a little molded. Character like mine came with a little green demon-looking character, and each each character came with little side characters. Like the good guys came with little troll-looking, you know, uh, round-faced, nice-looking, you know, little troll guys. And then the bad guys came with these demon-looking little, you know, uh, bendy plastic guys. And I really love that thing. I remember I got it at at, uh, uh, my my mom and dad's friend's house. I remember opening it. And I was just fascinated by it, and I never knew there was a cartoon. It was very, it looked very much like a D and D. Like whenever I saw the packaging, it reminded me of the D and D cartoon, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Ooh. cartoon. Yeah, uh, but of course it wasn't like that. I mean, I, I've seen it on. Um, YouTube and stuff like that and it was a completely different thing than than I ever saw but I think I would have enjoyed it the toy line had some interesting stuff there's it but it has a certain knockoff look to it like a lot of toy lines of the 80s did like Crystal Warriors and uh, Supernaturals. all had that kind of feel to it and this is this is the same kind of feel those those had. But I really loved the idea of getting that little, you know, extra thing with it that you didn't get with He-Man. Like, oh, there's two oh, characters yeah. here. And, and uh, you know, it kind of fit within the He-Man bounds. You could have them fight He-Man and that kind of thing. So
1: I have a fond memory of that. On to my toy line. Uh, I didn't even think about it till right at this moment. Both my cartoon and my toy are spherical objects. <laughs> um. I didn't even think about that. Mine is the 1987 toy Mad Balls. Do you remember Mad Balls? Mad Balls. Oh, I I
0: wanted Mad Balls. My mom would not buy them for me. Really? (laughs) She's like, those are disgusting.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They are horrible. And and if you've never seen Mad Balls, they are just... It's a ball. It has a face on it. And they are usually the most disgusting face you can imagine. Like, I remember one was a skull... The other uh, one was like a purplish ball and it had like a booger hanging out of it. The
0: mummy one is the one I always see. Everybody's always. The mummy one
1: is what everybody loved, man. I, I think I had the mummy one. I had a mummy one. I had a skull one. And I remember I also had one that was a reddish purplish color. And when you squeezed it, it had green eyes that would kind of bulge. Man, that thing was so much fun. They really served no purpose other than to run around and squeeze them and watch their faces distort and become other things. I don't remember if there was a toy or a cartoon after them. I don't think there was. But I loved playing with the Mad Balls, man. They were so much fun collecting all the different ones. And if I remember right, they weren't that much. Maybe three or four dollars. Obviously they just made tons of different variations so that kids would begged their parents, hey, can I have this one? Can I have this one? Can I have this one? But I remember being lucky enough that I had three or four of them and that was a cool toy to start digging through the internet and I was like, Madballs. Oh, dude, I had some of these. So that's my toy line for the week was Madballs. I loved it.
0: I wanted to talk about our story, our comic story this week relating to Doctor Strange and I've mentioned this before. There is a run of Doctor Strange that has... Uh, Dracula in it. and it's Dr. Strange number uh, 60, 61, and 62. And this is the story where Dracula has a has a cult following. Of course he's always had his gypsies in in Marvel Comics. He had very loyal kind uh, kind of like Dr. Like Doom did, had very loyal people of his country. So did uh, Count Dracula. They, these weren't people that were necessary in his thrall uh, but were followers of him. And they had started getting into mysticism and the occult, giving him power, like sharing their life force, letting him overcome like his weakness to daylight, his weakness to garlic, and he was getting out of control, and Doctor Strange realized that what was going on, and figured out that Dracula was coming for the Darkhold, which speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. earlier, mm-hmm. it was was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was going to make him immortal and all powerful. So, uh, in issue sixty, uh, it features uh Scarlet Witch and uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau, the African American Captain of Marvel, who was a, okay. a who had light powers. The Darkhold was in a in a vault in Avengers Mansion. I do not know the story where they they got it there. But uh, Doctor Strange figures out it's there, so does Dracula, and of course they have a big battle trying to stop him from getting it. Doctor Strange gets to it just in time to, to send it somewhere else, and he sends it to... Uh, at this time, Baron Mordo had been killed, and he sends it to Baron Mordo's castle, unbeknownst to Dracula, where they have to race there before he can find it again and set up uh, protections, because Doctor Strange has a plan... We're in 61 in, in issue 61 and 62 uh, they set up defenses and uh, Hannibal King is there blade is there uh, a couple other people Wong uh, and they all fight Dracula while Dr. Strange prepares and he sets a trap for Dracula he he's in the room he's holding the dark hold Dracula believes that he's been enthralled and and by the dark hold goes to touch it and boom. A spell goes off, and Doctor Strange drags Dracula into the astral plane, and that's where they fight. While they're fighting, all the other people are getting the room ready. There's a secret uh, ruin on the ground. They unroll the rug, and there's a pentagram, and this mystical spell starts forming, and they all start chanting the the spell that's in the dark hole to destroy vampires. And just as the spell's about to go off, they uh, Doctor Strange. Is almost defeated in the astral plane. He pulls him back into the real world where he's very weak because of the spell. And then finally, Doctor Strange casts the end of the spell. Being the sorcerer supreme, the spell destroys all vampires on the oh, earth. Wow,
1: that is crazy.
0: And and it's really great because the Dracula. I mean, they they take like a two and a half pages for Dracula's destruction to happen, and they talk about his. You know, what this means to him, what, what it meant to the people, what's going on, you know, how this character is, is such a revered, you know, character in the Marvel Universe. And, you know, they they do a lot of attention to that. And then this way, as the wave washes over the Earth, it, it goes to different vampires in the Marvel Universe. And finally, I believe, to Dracula's daughter, Lilith, uh, who is also uh, one of the big adversaries, you know, vampires in, in the Marvel Universe. They save, of course, Hannibal King is also a vampire, but he's never taken a human life. He's never taken human blood, living human blood. Um, I believe it's always been like uh, blood banks and stuff like that. Cool. So they're actually able, the spell destroys the vampire part of him, and they planned it and, and give him fresh blood and, and and bring him back. So he's restored to uh, human status which actually That's he awesome. was played by Ryan Reynolds in Blade 3.
1: That is awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I do there is a trade paperback of that and I think it's got a a ta- uh, Tomb of Dracula also in that and I did not research what number Tomb of Dracula it is. but it's a great story, it's worth having. It's okay art. Uh, it's not like Gene Colden or anybody like that. I can't remember the artist's name, but it's 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 very good. I loved it. That is awesome, man. Um, but we're going to move to our local hall. Uh, now, you've got some stuff.
1: Yes. I um, I haven't had a chance to read them, but I was going through one of our local comic stores and was able to pick up an entire run, well, an entire story from the uh, annual series. And this is the Hero Killer And um, it is The Amazing uh, Spider-Man number 26. Uh, These are annuals. So these are the 64-page annual copies. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number 12, Web of Spider-Man number 8, and New Warriors number 2. Now, this is, I believe, like several heroes have gone missing. And it is Spider-Man, Venom, Nova... I was able to pick up each of these for a very good deal. And I, I'm excited to read them. Obviously, each of them is 64 pages long. It's going to take me a little bit to read through them. And I look forward to being able to tell you the story of the Hero Killer, which I had never read before. This is my hashtag local hall, And like Rick has brought up before, if you'll start hitting us up on social media when you find stuff locally... And be sure to tag hashtag LocalHall. This may benefit you in the future, so we would like all of our listeners to do this. Do you, did you have any local hall this week, Rick?
0: I did. I was able to find comic I've been meaning to replace for a very long time. Uh, I found a run of Transformers Comics, number 4, 5, and 6. Um, Ooh. Episodes- the number 4 is the end of if you didn't know the original marvel run was a four issue limited series and they did it had such success in the first two issues they went ahead and just continued it after issue 4 with issue 5 and issue 5 has a great painted cover of Shockwave, and it's very iconic, saying all the Transformers... Like, the Transformers are all dead, uh, written in the in the wall. Look that up. Awesome. It's, it's a painted cover. It's really great. And I also picked up something I did not know about, or I've I seen some stuff about, but I didn't know what it was, and I had to do a little research. I picked up the last issue of DC's Legends. Now, do you know what this is?
1: I do not.
0: DC's Legends was the first big crossover they did after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it's completely drawn by John Byrne. It's a 22 chapter story. Now there were only six issues of Legends but of course this crossed over into other comics. Uh, 22 of them uh, is, is the research that I read on it. And oh my gosh, it's all Ger- John Byrne. It's all the great, like on the cover: Wonder Woman, Flash, Blue Beetle, Batman, Superman, Shazam, Doctor Fate, Martian Manhunter, Guy Gardner, Beast Boy, all by John Byrne. All interiors by John Byrne. The Phantom Stranger, Dark Side, um, all that. And of course, it's a what I was able to read about it is like Dark Side and the Phantom Stranger make a bet. <laughs> about uh, getting the Earth to turn on the uh, the DC heroes. Uh, so I'm kind of interested in it. I mean, anything John Byrne I'm interested in, and I just thumbed through it earlier, and it looks amazing. Uh, I may have to get the rest of this collection. I, and I read there's a trade paper back out there, so that may be something I'm looking forward to. That's awesome. Moving on to our last topics, our uh, classic, Have You Seen It?
1: Yes, man. This is my have you. I love doing this, This week, if you don't mind me leading off, Rick, have you seen, now it started back in 2011, Machinima.com did a YouTube series about Mortal Kombat.
0: I I saw the first two installments.
1: Okay, well, they came out with a Blu-ray called Mortal Kombat Legacy, and I have that on Blu-ray. It is nine episodes long, and this is the Mortal Kombat We all deserved. This is awesome stuff. This is the way Mortal Kombat should have been tackled. This is just incredible, incredible story for each Mortal Kombat character. And let me just say, after watching this, I believe I bought the Blu-ray. My wife and I were still dating. And after watching this, we had made note that if we ever had a child together and it was a son that we would name him Jackson. So this is where my son's name comes from. He's named after General Jackson Briggs. I love this movie. It's very awesome. If you like Mortal Kombat, you should definitely check this out. This is the Mortal Kombat we all should have seen on the big screen that never made it there.
0: Yeah, and this stars Michael Jai White of uh, Spawn fame, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does.
0: And, uh, of course, Black Dynamite. (laughs) Oh, Black
1: Dynamite, yes.
0: We're going to declare war on anybody who sells drugs in the city. But Black Dynamite, I sells drugs in the city. (laughs) That's right. I love that movie. Uh, That's not my. Have you seen it, by the way? But (laughs) I can't. I can't help but seeing when I think of him. It's it's Black Dynamite all the time. Love it. Um, my movie is going to be The Blob. Now there are there's a string of movies from my youth watched on the channel sixteen. The original Blob is just one of those movies that 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 gets you somewhere. It, it 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 taps into something you don't know exactly what it is, but you don't like it. The Blob is, of course, an an alien asteroid hits the Earth and is just a blob of crap that so this old guy gets get try, pokes at it on a stick and it gets on his arm. Well, it's acidic. It absorbs people. It grows. They figure out by the end of the movie this thing is huge. It's covering this diner. And they figure out it won't come in the refrigerator. It's something about the cold. They get fire extinguishers and they they freeze it and then they have it hauled off to like uh, Antarctica. Now that's that's it in a in a shoebox, but uh, that movie is so good. And and now you said which one? I'm going to bring up both. The one in the '80s at the end of the mm-hmm. '80s was also really good, and it was a special effects extravaganza there's a couple of things in there that are truly horrifying i mean like you see a guy melt in front of you because he's like covered in the thing and it's oh, moving yeah. Oof. Yes. and uh oh that that movie's good too and there's a there's a string of these there's Oh, Green Slime is another one that was kind of the, from the 70s. Those kind of movies where stuff is going to get you. It, it kind of relates to Creepshow from the previous week. They, they had a story similar to this kind of thing in there. Anytime it's on or you can get The Blob for a good price. Um, the the older one is on Criterion Edition. So if if you see it at a good price, go ahead and pick it up. It's a great movie. I would watch it anytime. The,
1: absolutely.
0: The one in the 80s, you know, I don't know if it's got a Blu ray release yet. I haven't seen it anywhere. I've never seen it on DVD either. So it may still be waiting on a release. But I really liked it when I saw it on VHS. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again
1: sometime. Oh, absolutely, man. I loved The Blob growing up. That was, it was, I think it was one of those horror movies that I was, like, my parents didn't mind me watching because it wasn't. You know a freddy krueger slash him. it wasn't a jason hunt you down and chop you up with a machete or anything like that but the blob was just as scary man like i remember looking around like it's one of those where when you're a child and you watch it when next time you put your feet down over out of getting out of bed you're like oh what is this yeah i enjoyed the blob great movie Now, your Don't See It, I don't know. You haven't seen my Don't See It? I have not seen your Don't See It. Okay, my Don't See It, and uh, when I was researching this, I looked it up, and it had a Rotten Tomatoes score of, like, 67. Like, it isn't horrible. There's a lot of positive reviews about this, but my my wife and I went into this looking forward to it, and it is 2013's. Mama, it's not a Guillermo del Toro movie, but it does have his name attached to it. You know? Oh, wait,
0: okay. Yeah, wait, uh, yeah and, I remember seeing the trailers for this. Okay, I know what right. you're talking about and
1: now. It, it's about a couple of children. They lose their parents when they're very young, and by the time the aunt and uncle get there, they're gone. the The kids are missing from their house. I think like four or five years later, they're the, they're doing. Hunting for the kids, hunting for the kids. Well, they find them. And obviously, they've been in the woods, raised by something. And they take them home and try to, you know, reacclimate them to normal life. Well, they keep talking to mama. And I went into this really wanting to like this movie. But no matter how hard I tried, no matter how hard I even thought when I would put this on the don't see it, I was like, do I want to say don't see this movie? And no, don't see it. It It's really not that good a movie. It's just the retelling of a story that I believe we've heard bunches of times about, you know, oh, these kids were in the woods. Well, not... I, I don't want to say that because you hadn't heard this a bunch of times. It just seems unneeded. Like, this story was not good. There's a spirit or an entity that has taken attachment to these kids and doesn't want them to be gone and all this. And they call her mama. It was just a really bad movie. I didn't like it. Um, if you disagree with me, which there may be some of you that listen to this and do disagree me with me, message me because I would like to discuss this movie with you and see maybe somebody else's perspective that liked the movie. But for me right now, I say don't see it. I did not enjoy mama. I thought it was just kind of cheesy and not scary at all. Huh? I heard it may actually be getting a sequel. Wow. (laughs) I don't know why.
0: Mm. Well, my don't see it. It did not get a sequel. Uh, this was a unique movie for a unique item. In a unique time. The Garbage Pail Kids movie.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> if yes. you don't know what the Garbage oh, Pail Kids are, you should, because they've been they've had a re-release of... There's been a resurgence of Garbage Pail Kids. You can pick up the cards at Walmart. It's, of course, these cards done in a certain style. They were sticker cards back in the day of just uh, children with very gross or disturbing images. You know, like, uh, uh, not No Job Rob, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, a kid with a like nuclear Ned, where his out of his head was exploding a nuclear, you know, explosion, or you know, Dirty Dennis who was like on the toilet or something, and and you know those kind of things, just uh, that kind of joke thing. But that was somehow got pushed through Hollywood in the eighties, and they made a movie of this. I have seen this movie. It exists. It should not exist. This is a horrible movie. Whereas it kind of feels, you know, like the same people that made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original, you know, movie that came out in the 80s, which is great. I watch it like four times a year. Love that movie. Garbage Spell Kids, I haven't watched since the day I finished it on VHS, whenever it came out. I never want to see that movie again. It's horrible.
1: Yes. Terrible, terrible movie. Terrible. Terrible. This,
0: this was terrible. And that's it for what I got, unless you want to talk about what happened to The List of Shame.
1: Oh, the List of Shame, movies that we try to call each other out on that we should have seen that we haven't? Uh, well, well you, you probably did that earlier in this podcast because I haven't seen Big Hero 6.
0: Yeah. I, that that you should know be what? on my
1: list of shame. I, I think
0: we're going to call it. I think we're going to put a bullet in it. I think
1: the list of shame okay. is done. Oh, man. One, one thing that uh, I was able to get, um, I order a lot of my comics from mycomicshot.com. And this Halloween, they had a Halloween comic fest. Like I said, I buy quite a few comics from there. And I was able to pick up three free comics from them That were part of their Halloween comic fest. And I was pretty excited to get them. I received the Evil Dead 2. Beyond Dead by Dawn. Number one. Spidey. Number one. Which uh, I haven't read any of these yet. Is a Spider-Man comic. I don't know where these fall in. You know the universe or anything. The Evil Dead is done by SGP the spidey is done by marvel and the third one that i picked up was also marvel and is the unbeatable squirrel girl number one now they they're just pretty cool they have awesome variant covers i think and uh they have the halloween fest or halloween comic fest tag on the on the covers and they're nothing super special but i was just it's pretty awesome to get free comics And uh, I wonder if anybody else picked up any of the free comics from mycomicshop.com. If you have, hit me up. Let me know which ones you chose. And that's about it for me this week. You can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. You can find both of us at NotSoSouthernG's on Twitter.
0: You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search us on Facebook, Not So
1: Southern Gentlemen.
0: Also, do not forget um, if you are sharing us on iTunes, you can also hit uh, a friend who is not an Apple person. They can hit the SoundCloud page, SoundCloud backslash Ricky Dash Sean. That's where you're going to find the Not So Southern gentleman feed.
1: And then we also have several other ways to find us. Right, we're also on Google Play and stitcher those are the ones that uh we're on right now if you have something else that you would like to listen to us on let us know hit us up and we will work uh to get our podcast on whatever medium you like to listen to us on uh i'm pretty proud of us and and we want to keep growing even more so if you listen to us on a weekly basis tell one friend tell tell one person And let's see if we can double our amount of listens because we enjoy doing this. We're not going anywhere and we would enjoy even more people listening to us on a weekly basis. We appreciate it beyond you. You can't even imagine how much we appreciate it, but tell a friend, let's get it out there. Let's spread the word of the not so Southern gentleman and see how big this thing can grow. And on our last note, Please make sure whenever you pick
0: up something that you think is interesting, that you want to share, use hashtag localhall.
1: Let us see it. That's right. Once again, for not so southern gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm Ricky. Have a good one, y'all.